good to be with you again. We're going to keep on teaching on the heart. We're, today we're going to get right into the heart, what's in there, how it got there and so forth. But I just want to, what I usually do is a, a slight review. We, we have a, a diagram up here and I found that this is so helpful for people to relate the scriptures to a diagram so they can see what's actually happening. So we have man here as a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. And spirit is our uh, this, this yellow signifies light, that where our spirit is born again. The very nature of God is in our born again spirit. Our soul is our character, our mind, our will, and our emotions, and it flows out of our heart. And so the heart is the seat of the soul. And so we have our mind, we have our heart, and beyond our heart is our spirit. Now on the other side we have our flesh body, but it has a sin principle, a sin nature, which is the opposite of our born-again nature. And so what happens, uh, Jesus said, the heart is the storehouse of good and evil. So when we are meditating on God's word, which is good, then that releases the Spirit to minister to our hearts and the Holy Spirit, and we get deeper under revelation, deeper understanding of that same scripture. But the opposite is also true. If we're thinking on an evil thought, then this sinful nature starts to kick in. And it is a nature. It has thoughts, appetites, and desires. And that negative thought will become stronger and stronger until our will becomes weaker and we give in to it. And that's when we sin in our heart. And sin leads to death. And so uh, we have to understand how everything works. This is why the Bible says... Uh, take every thought captive unto the obedience of Christ. Because if we don't take that thought captive, then it will take us captive because this sinful nature. Example is, if, if you're angry with someone, the more you think about it, the more angry you get because you are releasing this negative nature in your heart to influence all the emotions of your heart. And so that's the danger of it all. So we want you, as we get into the heart, I'm going to teach them what's in there, and God's going to show you your heart and why you're acting the way you do and why we've got bad habits and so forth. All of that's going to be unveiled. But then you have to realize, okay, this is in my heart. That's where that thought's coming from. And when that thought comes, you have to, be, you have to practice this, where you become sensitive to realizing, oh, that's coming from my heart, and you don't allow that thought to exist. You cast that down. But... If the thought is coming from there, also you have to realize what's in your heart and have you dealt with it. And we're going to teach in this whole series how to deal with inner healing, emotion, traumatic experience of the past. Everything that's in your heart can be fixed because Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. So it depends what stage you're at, where are you at in life, where are you at with the Lord. We're teaching the basic principles of how the heart works but then the Holy Spirit will speak to you in your situation, in your circumstance, 
And this is always an evolving process. I've been teaching this for 35 years, and the Lord has still shown me more about my heart. But I've learned to always do the right thing, even if I made a mistake. And that's what keeps my heart right. And we're going to teach the three foundational principles of Christian life to help all of that. Also here we, we have Romans 8 and 4 comes into this. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus set me free from the law of sin and death. Walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, we have two opposite natures within our being. One in our spirit and one in our flesh. So it's like in the Old Testament where God took him on one mountain and said, and then he took him up on the other mountain and he pronounced the blessings. If you hearken to the word of the Lord your garden, keep his commandments, then all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. For us, that means if we will put on the new man, walk in the spirit, then all these blessings, and we're living in the kingdom, we're becoming more righteous, then all these blessings will overcome and overtake us. And the other mountain, they pronounce the curses. And if you do not hearken the word of the Lord, all these curses will come upon you. Well, if you walk in the flesh, you will from the flesh reap corruption. If you walk in the spirit, you will reap eternal life, which is the quality of life that God has. It's a quality of life. It's not doesn't mean living forever. That's part of it. But it's eternal life. It's perpetual life of righteousness, joy, peace, love. You, can, you have all the self-control. You have the fruit of the spirit in your born-again spirit. So you have all the self-control within your spirit that you need. You just have to learn to apply it and overcome the evil that's in your heart. And the Bible says, above all else, Proverbs 4 and 23, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. And I don't know if people actually consciously guard their heart because they don't understand it. But when you understand how it works and how dangerous it is to the blessings of God in your life, and the blessings of everything in your life, uh, your prosperity, your, your business, your, your marriage relationship, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with God, everything flows out of your heart. So whatever's in your heart is going to affect all those different areas of your life. So this is very crucial understanding. And the whole point is, is that we're supposed to purify our heart. And we're going to teach about that in the coming days, coming weeks, I should say. But anyways, I wanted to go over this review so that it helps you understand better. And uh, got to be transformed by renewing our mind. We, we've been translated into this kingdom, but we used to live in this one. And so now we have to understand how this kingdom works, how it functions, the principles to live by, the guidelines, uh, the Word of God. All of it is, everything in the Bible is about character. God wants to change us into the character of Jesus. So there's hope for all of us. Hallelujah. Today I want to start with the uh, parable of the sower in Luke chapter 8. And we're going to read there. We're not going to read the first part. We're going to read the explanation of the, of the parable. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 8 and verse 11. And Jesus says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those among the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So I used to be a farmer. We used to sow seeds and, and the crop would raise up and the seed has to die in the ground and then it develops roots and it grows up and then it develops many, many seeds. And so this is the parable of the kingdom. And realize that the word of God is the seed. It is sown into 
the heart of man. The heart of man is the soil. So Jesus starts to talk about the different kinds of soil. The soil along the path, uh, the seed that fell there, the path is where people walk and it gets trampled down and the birds come and eat it and take it. But he says, if your heart is hard, then it's, uh, the devil's going to steal the word from you. It can't take root. Um, so this could be the path of your life. How have you lived your life? What has happened to you? How have you reacted to you? Has your heart become hard towards the gospel? And so if it is, somebody tries to witness to you, my heart was very hard. Uh, I wouldn't even let my wife talk to me about Jesus or the gospel or church or religion or anything because I just didn't want anything to do with it because my heart was hard. But she prayed for me an hour a day for six months. She'd been praying before, but now she stepped up her prayer an hour a day for six months, and now the Holy Spirit started dealing with me, but I didn't realize what was happening. But as God was dealing with my heart, I got worse because the sinful nature reacted to what the Holy Spirit was telling me, and I started drinking more. I got worse instead of better. Until I came to the end of myself, then I finally gave in to the Lord and said, Lord, if you're really there, then come into my life. See, everything is a process, but we have to understand our heart. But all the time she was praying, God was ministering to my heart. I would have uh, arguments with myself in the barn, and I was losing every argument. But I didn't understand I was arguing with God, with the Holy Spirit. I didn't even know God would talk to me. I didn't even know God cared about me. See, and so all of these things you become more aware of as you start to understand your heart. Um, so the ones along the path are people with a hard heart, and God gives grace to the humble, but he opposes the proud. And so we have to have a submissive heart to God, submissiveness. A lot of people don't like that word, but why do I submit to Jesus? Because he first loved me and gave me a new life. He is my life. He is my source of life. He's the, he's the source of my future. He's the source of everything because it's good to give your life to God. He can do a better job with it than we can, believe me. <laughs> then he talks about the second kind of heart condition. Now, the heart condition can be changed to fasting and prayer. See, when, when we farmed, we would have some land that wasn't as fertile as other, and we would plow it more, we would put manure on it, we would work it more, we would get it better, so that whatever we planted could at least grow better. It wouldn't be as good as the good soil, but it would be better. We can change our heart. Then he talks about those that fell on the rock, or the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They have no depth of character in the sense that they'll stick with it. Uh, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. So these are people that are not self-disciplined. Uh, they don't have, they, they've never had to deal with things in life. They've never, you know, they were just passive maybe, and they didn't deal with things. They didn't have any self-discipline. Uh, and sometimes we live in Canada. We go into northern Canada, and, and there's a lot of rock up there. And sometimes it looks like there's trees that are growing out of the side of the rock. But see, the seed fell there, and there was some soil caught in the crevices of the rock, and it started to develop roots and grow, but it didn't get to be a big, strong tree. It only grew so much, and, and then it ran out of soil and the roots, and, you know, it, it wasn't really a healthy tree. 
And so this is what people are like that where the soil fell on the rocks. So they're excited about the word. They hear it. Oh, yeah, this is good news. This is great. But as soon as they have to start growing and the tests come for our faith to grow, oh, well, I don't, this isn't so great anymore. Now I have to do something. I have to change. But see, if they don't have any depth of character, they don't really want to change because they I find the way that people are in the natural, it sort of carries over into their spiritual life. See, I was very aggressive with farming. I had to work hard. I was self-disciplined. I had animals. I had to get up every morning to feed them. Didn't matter how I feel, I had to go do that. So I forced myself to do things. And I, whatever I did, I went all out. So when I met Jesus and learned about the kingdom, I went all out. And so it's, it's I have a... a uh, determined character. I set my face like flint. This is truth and I'm going to live it. So, but you can develop those attitudes because all of that is possible in your spirit. Let's go now to the next kind here. Uh, so these are time of testing. They fall away. Verse 14, the seed that fell among the thorns stand for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. So the thorns represent life's worries, riches, and pleasures. We're still more favoring to the world. We're, we're weak emotionally, and we're finding our source for our heart problems in the world. And so the seed can't grow because we're more about, concerned about the world than we are about God's kingdom. So we've got to love God with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul. We have to seek him with all of our heart. And so these are important principles that we have to understand. And so all of those things, if we're too busy with everything else, Jesus is not first place in our life. If he's not first place in our life, then the word can't work because the heart attitude is wrong. See, we have to have a submissive heart towards God and we have to seek him. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you, Jesus said. And so these uh, knock, <clears throat> yeah, seek and you shall find. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. There again is a process. As you seek, God's not hiding. He's there. He's got all that you need, all that you want, all the revelation you need for every circumstance and situation. But if you don't spend time with him, he's not going to force it on you. This is a love relationship. He's already loved us. He's already died for us. Now we have to love him and die to ourselves so that we can experience him. This is a two-way street. Every relationship is. And Jesus has done this for us so that we could have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. No matter what has happened to your life, what condition your heart is, everything is changeable. All right, verse 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and a good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. 30, 60, 90, 100 fold. And so even those with a good heart, there's still a variance of how much they're going to produce depending on how good their heart is. So we have four different kinds of heart condition and four different kinds of result. But even with a good heart, there is degrees of results depending on how much effort we put into this. So we have our part to play. As I taught before, we already have everything in our born-again spirit. We have to work this out in fear and trembling. Uh, the fear is that I miss God and I get over into the flesh and I sear my conscience and I'm deceived 
and I'm in an area I shouldn't be, but I don't even know there, I'm there because I'm deceived. That's what the fear of the Lord means, uh, a fear of displeasing him. I'm not afraid of him that he's mad at me because he's already accepted me. His love is already there for me. Everything's already there. See, I have to change my mindset to that, even though I don't feel it in my heart and live this by faith, knowing what the Word of God says about what God has done in me and through me by the sacrifice of Jesus. Now I'm going to go on to read verse 16 because this is very important also. No one lights a lamp and hides it in a jar or puts it under a bed. You know how the Bible says, let your light shine. Well, we've been lit up by Jesus. We've been quickened and made alive. We've been born again. We've been translated into the kingdom of light. Now we're supposed to let that light shine through us. We're supposed to live in the spirit so people can see the change in us and know us by our, our love for others. Uh, he puts it on his, uh, instead he puts it, um, no one who lights a lamp hides it in the jar or puts it under a bed. So if you go to the room and you turn the light on in today's technology that we have, you don't cover the light up, you let it shine so you can see what you're doing, that's basically what they're saying here. Instead he puts it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. And what Jesus is saying here, the Bible talks about a mystery in Christ, but it's not a mystery that is hid from us, it's a mystery that's hid for us. If our heart is right, we will find the mystery. We will understand the mystery of Christ. We will understand the mystery of the new birth. We will understand how everything works. But we have to keep seeking him. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Uh, the Bible also says that the path of righteousness is like the early dawn. It gets brighter and brighter. The more we live this message, the more clearly we can see spiritually, the more that we uh, experience Jesus in our heart. Everything gets better and better and better. This is why Paul said he pressed on for the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he thinks he has will be taken from him. In other words, the more we listen, I've been teaching this message for 35 years and every time I hear it, my heart just comes alive. I get excited about it. Every time I read any part of the word, it comes alive. It's personal because I've been living this message for years. This is how you keep Jesus fresh in your life. I can't read the word and it not have effect on my heart because I've been living this message. But I have to listen carefully. I can never stop listening. I can never get the attitude I know everything because the Holy Spirit takes us deeper and deeper, a deeper awareness of the same truth that we already know in our head. All of this has become so solid in me after 35 years that I just get up and talk and it comes out because it's in there. I've been living it. My mind is renewed. And, but it was a process. At first, I didn't know anything. I was dumb as a doorknob. But and, and let me tell you this, when, when I first got saved, I'd never read the Bible. And my wife bought me a new Bible, and uh, it was a red letter edition, the words that Jesus were in red. And I said, how come some of the words are red and some are in black? She said, well, red are the words of Jesus. So I said, well, I'll believe the red ones, but not the black ones. Because man had lied to me about God. The church I went to never taught me anything about God. Didn't even tell me God loved me. And then she said, well, the black ones are written by the apostles and they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. 
So that made sense to me, so I said, okay, I'll relieve the black ones also. But you know, just reading the red ones and believing that will change your life. But the black ones help explain everything with the revelation that Paul got, that the apostles got as they wrote their epistles. And so the more that we listened, see, I was so hungry for spiritual truth. Because as a child, I was born again, even in the Catholic Church. Some people think none of the Catholics are born again. But see, everything is a hard issue, and God knows the heart. Because as a child, I was trying to be perfect for God, but I, I just couldn't be perfect. I had to keep going to confession. I was tired of that circle, and as a teenager, I rebelled, and I just quit going to church. And so I know I was born again as a child, but I'd never been taught anything. And so now that I really gave my life to Jesus, and I was quick and made alive, and I got some proper teaching, I was so hungry for the Word of God. You couldn't feed me enough. I couldn't understand it fast enough. I would read it and read it and read it and read it. I'd get company. I'd sit in the corner and read my Bible. I didn't care about company. I didn't care about relatives. I wanted Jesus. See, it's that heart hunger and, and wanting to have truth. Sometimes I'd read a scripture, didn't understand it, and I would yearn in my heart. Oh, I, I got to understand this, Lord. And, and sometimes I would get bound determined I was going to get a revelation of that and understand it. And I would make myself a bowl of soup. The kids went to bed. Kathy, my wife, went to bed. And I was prepared to stay there for four or five hours until I got the revelation. And I never even started eating my soup, and the revelation came. See, because there was such a desire. Uh, the Bible talks about the kingdom of God being as a pearl of great wealth, and, and, and a man finds it, then he buys the field, and then he digs up the field to find the pearl. See, it, it's like gold is buried in your backyard. You dig up your whole yard to find that gold. Well, the gold is the Word of God and the revelation of, of all of it, and so you have to dig deep in the Word. You have to meditate. You have to seek God. And as you do that, see, with whatever, how you listen, the degree of hunger that you listen, to that degree, it is given to you. See, we're in control of our lives, but as we submit to Jesus and follow his instructions, he starts to control our lives. He starts to help us with all of our issues. But if we don't seek him, then we're just going in circles again because we don't understand what's going on in our heart or even that there's more there to receive. Sometimes people, they might be in a certain denomination and they have a certain theology, and then that's as far as they go. They're in that four walls, that, that uh, religious institution, and they've been taught a certain way, and that's what they believe in their heart, and they don't believe that healing is for today, that deliverance is for today, or a lot of things aren't for today. See, because their heart is only accepted so much, and now they're not seeking more because they think they have it all. It's all an attitude of the heart. And so if you think you have something and you're not listening anymore, you're going to even lose what you think you have is what Jesus is saying. See, everything comes back to our heart and our attitude towards God. And all of this, everything I need is already in me. You have the greatest teacher in the universe living inside of you, the Holy Spirit, once you're born again. And, and then you can have all that you want. Nothing is hidden from you. Jesus didn't die so that we couldn't find out what happened or, or how to live this or have the power to live this. 
In another place, Jesus said, with whatever measure you meet, so shall it be measured to you. To whatever degree that you learn this and put it into practice in your life, that's the results you are going to get. See, it, it's sort of like Jesus says, I've given you everything, now what are you going to do with it? But the problem is people don't know how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. They don't understand their hearts, and their hearts are deceitfully wicked, and, and we're going to teach more about the heart, and you'll start to understand this better. But this picture really helps us to understand. So that, are, that is the um, basics of understanding the whole picture. And the parable of the sower, four different kinds of heart condition. Now, this is sort of a, a general heart conditions, the four conditions. But there's a lot of things. What we're going to do now is go deeper into the heart to find out why we have this heart condition. And then we're going to get even deeper than that and get into the emotions in our heart that cause these heart conditions. And if we can change these negative emotions that we have and these bad habits that we have, then we can change our heart condition also. So we're going to um, go into that area now. We'll get started on it. And we're going to go to Luke chapter 6, uh, verses 43. And we'll go down to verse 45, maybe 49. And so Luke 6, 43, Jesus said, these are red letters, no good tree bears bad fruit. You could use the word heart here instead of tree because we're the ones that are supposed to bear the fruit of the Spirit. So no good heart bears bad fruit, nor does a bad heart bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. Each heart is recognized by its own fruit. This is how you tell the false prophets. They may understand the word of God. The Pharisees and the scribes understood the word of God, but their hearts were not right. And so you judge them by their fruit. We don't judge people, we judge their fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. See, he's talking about the heart here. So if you're a good man, basically have a good character uh, and a lot of that depends on how you were raised, what happened to you in life, and so forth, and how you reacted to, which we're going to talk about. But if you're basically a good person, you'll bring good things out of your heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the abundance of his heart, his mouth speaks. Whatever is in your heart in abundance is what's going to come out. Now, you can control that to a certain degree in certain situations, but as you're going through life, whatever is in there is going to come out. It comes out in your speech, it comes out in your talking, and if you're talking and thinking that way, you're reinforcing what's in there, and then you start living that way, you develop bad habits, and those bad habits become part of your character. So we're going to talk about that also. So we're going to go deeper into understanding our heart and why we are the way we are, and how to change those things so our heart can change and we can be good soil, or if we're good soil, be better soil. So it's important that you listen because God is going to speak to your heart. I don't know any of you. This is not how this works. It's not my wisdom. I'm just teaching you what he taught me. I'm using myself as an example, but he's going to speak to you about your heart. Realization will come to your mind. And then he talks about wise and foolish builders. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? 
See, here's the problem. We're not living like he tells us to live. I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. See, we're building our life. Our life flows out of our heart, so we got to go deeper, get the stuff out of the way that shouldn't be there, and then build our foundation on Jesus, on the rock. So we're going to do that as we deal with our hearts. When the flood came, the torrent struck that host but could not shake it. When the trials of life come, you're not shaken because you're mature in the Lord. You know how to deal with that. You know how to deal with your thoughts, all of this stuff. Everything is a hard issue because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice, he's like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Again, wickedness is going to increase. Wickedness is coming. If we don't have a solid foundation in our hearts and a personal relationship with Jesus, when all of that comes, you're going to panic. You won't have faith in God. You, won't, you might be deceived because of the wickedness, because you don't have a solid foundation. This is so crucial at this time in God's program because Jesus is coming soon. This is why he's giving me this teaching on the heart so that we can get ready for what is coming and be prepared so that we can do, do what he wants us to do in that time without being led astray and being deceived. So please come back again, continue to come to hear every lesson because God wants to do a work in you and we're just going to help facilitate what he wants to do. But he's going to speak to your heart as I'm teaching because this is what he always does. Thank you for now. I will.